Reverend DeWitt Bingham. Welcome to the Justice for All podcast show, where we discuss all things social and criminal justice related, from the front end to the back end, and everything in between. You have a right to remain silent, because anything you say can and will be held against you. You have a right to an attorney. If you cannot afford one, one will be appointed for you. You're in the self-incrimination protection zone, where there is no cruel and unusual punishment. No illegal search and seizure. The exclusionary rule has you covered. So sit back, relax, and become sold on this week's episode. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Justice for All podcast show. I'm DeWitt Bingham, your host. Thank you for tuning in to the show that discusses all things social justice and criminal justice, where the goals are to inform you, the American citizen, of your constitutional rights, to provide educational occupational guidance to high school and college students, and to be a voice for change. I'm excited about today's show because we are in week three of the 2023 fall semester at Heartland Community College, and we are studying criminal law. I have two wonderful young ladies who are going to enlighten you on what an inchoate offense is, which has been in the news a lot lately. So without any further ado, I introduce to some and present to others, Ms. Kayla LeVere and Ms. Lanisha Beard. Well, welcome to the show, Kayla and Lanisha. Hello. Hello. All right. The title of today's show is An Inchoate Offense. Let's get right into it. Segment one. Segment one, Lanisha and Kayla, is for the educational and occupational guidance of high school and college students. We accomplished this by having our guests introduce themselves. So if you would, tell the audience where you were born and raised, what high school you attended, your major or planned major, why you took the class, and give us one career goal, beginning with you, Kayla. So I was born in West Virginia. I grew up for my first 11 years in Kentucky. And then ever since I was 12, we moved up here so we could be closer to family. Um, The high school I went to is Pontiac Township High School in Pontiac, Illinois. I'm taking your class because I really enjoy learning about law, the different loopholes in it, and how it's a lot different from what an average person looked into it about. And my main career goal and planned career is to get my doctorate in forensic criminology. Oh, wonderful. So this class really is something that's going to be useful in your career future or your uh, career profession. Very good. All right, Lanisha. Okay, so I was born and raised in Bloomington. I attended Bloomington High School and graduated with the class of 2012. Um, I majored in criminal justice because I have the goal to at least to become like a juvenile probational officer one day. The reason why I picked this is because it's a great way to give back to the community um, and to help protect people in today's society. All right, wonderful. I always tell all my students that if you have not decided what you're going to do, you're going to be a probation officer. And that's because I was a probation officer for 35 years. All right. Very good, ladies. Moving right along. Segment two, constitutional rights. Segment two is to inform the American public of their constitutional rights. 
before we asked you to tell us what your favorite constitutional right is and why, let's remind the audience that today's episode is entitled An Inchoate Offense. The first question that I want to ask each of you is, in your own words, how would you define inchoate or how would you define an inchoate offense? Beginning with you, Lanisha. I would define in poet defense um, is a person committing a crime, but not fully going through with it. An example of this would be like a person who's trying to like rob a bank, but did not was not able to like get the money. Okay, All right. Very good. Kayla. So a inchoate offense, since crimes are where liability is attached, I'd say an inchoate offense is where the crime you may you attempted to commit is not attached. So like an example would be a conspiracy to commit murder or attempt to commit. Wonderful. Very good. Ladies. Yes. In the past on on this podcast, we have talked about actus reus, which is an element that has to take place and it means physical act. And so in order for a crime to have been committed, there still has to be a physical act. And we've often talked about mens rea, which is defined as a guilty mind or the assumption that people have the ability to make rational decisions. And it deals with actually having the mind to violate the law. So those elements still have to be present And we've also talked about concurrence where both actus reus and mens rea need to be present for a particular type of crime. And in coit crimes, as Kayla and Lanisha so eloquently stated, are considered to be partially committed criminal acts, if you will. They gave some examples. Another example is hiring someone to kill another individual. In other words, the person does not have to have been killed, but the fact that you actually asked somebody to kill the individual for you would be considered an inchoate offense or attempting to commit the offense of burglary. Which one of y'all said that? I did. A person might be outside an individual's home. They got the burglary tools. They got the plans to the home or to the building. You cannot say it with a straight face that that individual was not planned to burglarize the, the facility and they got the plans and they got the burglary tools outside the home. And so there are three classifications for inchoate offenses. There's solicitation, there's conspiracy, and there's attempt. You guys have mentioned attempt, an act of trying to achieve something, typically one that is unsuccessful or not certain to succeed. And then there's conspiracy, You guys mentioned that as well, where there's possibly a secret plan by a group to do something unlawful or harmful. And then there's solicitation, what I mentioned, the act of asking for or trying to attain something from someone that is illegal. All right. Very good. So now I want to know what is your favorite constitutional right? Beginning with you, Kayla. My favorite constitutional right is right to bear arms just because it helps me know that I am protected. Okay. All right. And if I asked you to pick one of the due process rights, due process rights, either either four, five, six, eight, or fourteen, which one would it be? Mine would be the eighth because 
if my bell was set for fifty dollars for like a minor thing, I wouldn't want it to be set for like a thousand or two thousand. Okay, very good. Because then that would be what? Um, the eighth is excessive bail, if yeah. I'm thinking correctly. Okay, very good. Yeah. Also, somebody has been studying. Very good, Kayla. Oh, yeah. Very good. Lanisha? I would say the Fifth Amendment would be my favorite um, right. The reason why is because it helps them not to have to deal with like the double jeopardy and uh, helps them not have to testify against themselves, remain silent. Okay, wonderful. Yeah. And we call that self-incrimination, right? Correct. All right. Very good. And so you do not have to testify against yourself. Have you guys been following the court case or court cases that involve the former president? A little bit. Okay. What about you, Lanisha? Not really. Okay. All right. Well, let me ask you this. Even though you have not been following that case or those cases, do you think that there is anyone above the law? Beginning with you, Kayla. No. Okay. There's almost no one above the law. Okay. When you say there's almost no one above the law, what do you mean when you say almost? Yeah. Um, because there could be like a few people, like the people who actually decide and help make the laws, because those people are basically like technically above it since they're the ones who decide it. But if you're not one of the people to help decide what the laws are, then no, you would all laws apply to you. Okay. All right. Lanisha? I haven't been following it. Okay. No, let me ask you this. The, the, um, the question is, the question is, is there anyone that commits the crime that should be above the law? In other words, because of who they are, should they not be charged? Shouldn't they not be treated like me and you and Kayla? No, I feel like everyone should be treated the same and that type of standard. But I do feel like right now with people having the power, they're not getting charged like they should. Okay. That is the one question that for this semester, every student is going to be asked. And the reason being is because, to your point, Lanisha, you cannot work in the criminal justice system. You cannot be a criminal justice practitioner and think that there are ought to be individuals who are above the law. In other words, individuals who can just violate the law and never be charged for it. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Very good. That's the main point of that. All right. Very good, ladies. Moving on. Segment three, final segment. Being a voice for change. As an emerging adult who grew up in a predominantly white America, what say Kayla and Lanisha about white supremacy and Black Lives Matter, beginning with you, Lanisha. So when I feel like white supremacy, I always think about like the George Floyd case and like my uncles being them having being them a black man. So like a lot of stuff that it's all due to like the racism and everything going on. And I feel like us as African-Americans, we're not treated the same. And it's all due to a lot of race when policing and stuff like that happens. It's always based upon I feel like a lot of judgment with the race. Okay. Would it be safe to say to say that you believe white supremacy does exist? Yes, I feel like it does. All right. Kayla? Um, so my opinion's kind of a little bit of comparing them because if you think about it from like a above everyone's standpoint, like let's say you're not here and you're just thinking about it from everyone's perspective. If you take out race from it they're both technically 
have the same mindset if you just take out the general race aspect from it. Okay, so then you see Black Lives Matter and white supremacy as the same thing. Is that what you're saying? Um, basically, yeah. If you take out the race factor, you kind of, because they both have something similar, like the one race is better than the other mindset, depending on which part of the groups you're talking about. Okay, so you you think that when people say that Black Lives Matter, they are asserting that they're better than everybody else. Well, I understand that they're trying to say in the group that Black Lives Matter as well, but the way it's being pushed and worded could be a bit better because the way it's worded with most people is them saying it's mattered matters more than others. Okay, what would you say to that, Lanisha? I don't feel like I just have the total opposite of me being an African-American person and like them saying like the Black Lives Matter. I don't see it as I just always think about like the George Floyd cases and the Trayvon Martin cases, like those type of things going on. Like. I feel like it's not like race race wise, I feel like it's a lot of that with policing. Okay. And I just feel like it's a group organized to like get their voices heard basically with a lot of things going on in the world. Okay. All right. Well, one of the things that I do want my students to know and my students to learn and to understand is that if you cannot identify that white supremacy does exist. And when I say white supremacy, I mean that a very minority group of people who are of the Caucasian race think that they are better than minority people. And when I say that, I'm saying that there are groups that exist that are racist groups. And if you can't identify that, then that goes to your judgment in terms of what type of decisions and how you would govern yourself in the criminal justice system. Just because we don't like the fact that something is true doesn't mean that it's not true. And with Black Lives Matter, what African-Americans are simply asserting is that they're not better than anybody else. What they're asserting is, is that we just want individuals to realize that we don't want individuals to think that they can violate the law and murder African-Americans because they have suffered that type of treatment throughout history. Going back to slavery, Jim Crow, and again, some of it still exists. And we do have white supremacist groups, such as the Proud Boys, such as the Three Percenters. And many of the individuals who were arrested in the insurrection were part of those two groups. And so I definitely want students to realize that. I asked everybody who's on the podcast, what would you like to see the Biden administration accomplished, beginning with you, Kayla? What I'd like to see him accomplish is at the beginning when Biden took over and the administration came, they said that they would lower inflation. Well, I'd like to see them actually try and lower inflation since it's at an all-time high. Okay. All right. Lanisha? I would like just to have like a fair criminal justice system when it comes to policing. Like that's my major concern what I would like to see change. 
Okay. All right. Very good. Let me ask you this, Lanisha. When an individual puts on the police uniform and we just celebrated an Illinois State University student on Saturday, I went to Chicago. They named the street after her. She was a very bright and promising young lady. She was killed at the age of 24. And she, she was a police officer and she was about to graduate with her master's degree. When you put on that uniform, what do you think that that uniform, the badge, the oath that, that the individual takes, what should, what should that mean or what should it represent, Lanisha? I feel like it should represent just to help the community. Like, you're here to help us. We shouldn't have to. I just feel like my, my uncles, my brothers, they shouldn't have to go out and fear, be in fear in their life when they're driving down the street and getting pulled over for something so little. Okay. Like, I just feel like they're here to help, not to hinder us. Okay. So you see them as helping agents. You see them as individuals that should be honest. You see them as individuals that should be trustworthy. But it sounds like you're saying that the public perception is a little different than that. That's correct. Okay. All right. Kayla, what about you? What do you think? that when a police officer puts on that uniform, takes that oath and has that badge, what it what should it represent? I think it represents whether they're local or state enforcing, which technically it is what they do, enforcing the laws, just making sure everyone's doing the correct thing so that no one gets hurt. It's kind of like Lanisha said, just there to protect you guys and help serve the state. Okay. All right. Do you think that the public has a different perception of that than that? Um, I'd say different depending on your race. Like since I am white, I see it a lot differently from like how Lanisha would see it. So I'd say depending on your race, you'd see it a bit differently because you also grow up a bit differently. Okay. A battery of questions now to end out the podcast. First one is free community college. What do you think? Should it, should community college be free beginning with you, Kayla? I think it should be free, but if it's not at all like possible to ever make it free, I'd say you could at least make it a bit cheaper. Okay. All right. Lanisha? I feel like it should be free. All right. Marijuana is legal in the state of Illinois. Should it be legalized at the federal level? Beginning with you, Lanisha. I feel like it should be. Okay. Kayla? I also agree. I feel like it should be legalized at a federal level. Okay. And final two questions. Should a convicted felon be able to be president of the United States? Beginning with you, Lanisha. I feel like they should be able to be president of the United States. Okay. Kayla? I feel like they should be able to be president, but it depends on the type of crime they did. Okay. All right. Well, let me ask you this. If, if an individual participated in an insurrection, and I think you know where I'm going. If an individual participated in an insurrection, should that individual be allowed to be president of the United States? If you don't mind me asking, can you re-clear up for me since I did kind of forget what an insurrection was? Oh, okay, no problem. Uh, so, like, the insurrection was the incident that occurred at the Capitol in Washington, D.C., where individuals... Okay where individuals stormed the Capitol. I 
apologize for not knowing the exact number of individuals who have been charged, but I think it's somewhere near 800 people. And Enrique Terrio, as I mentioned in last week's podcast, was sentenced on last week, and he got 22 years for his participation in the insurrection. And I, I believe many people see that as turning against your country, so to speak. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I would say that I'd say no. If you did that type of crime, you shouldn't just because that is kind of disrespectful. You storming up to a White House, it shows that you kind of don't respect them and what they're doing. So if you all of a sudden want to go after you basically stormed them, it just wouldn't make sense that you're asking for respect while you didn't give them respect. Wow. That's awesome. Okay. Look, okay. All right. Then finally, should a convicted felon be allowed to vote? Beginning with you, Kayla. Um, depending on the crime, like murder, no, obviously. But if they like did something simple, then yeah. As long as it's not a big, long felony like murder, rape, any of those charges, and it's just a simple felony, then yes, they should be. Okay. Nisha? I do feel like a felon should be able to vote. Okay. Uh, you want to add to that? Um, the reason being is because I feel like a lot of the like the lot a lot of the system makes up with a lot of African Americans and minorities. So I feel like with a lot of that, that would help with like the voting that's going on now. Okay. If they were able to vote. Okay. And so what you are saying is that and we'll end on this, is what you're saying that you believe that voting actually can impact Society voting can actually impact the correction system. Voting can actually impact corrections, the criminal justice system, policing, et cetera, et cetera. That's correct. All right. Very good. Kayla, did you want to add anything? Um, I feel like the only time our vote could impact policing is mainly towards a local level because there's no way towards like a court, like Supreme court type level that our vote would actually matter more than theirs. Okay. All right. All right. Very good. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, an inchoate offense defined examples of inchoate law violations, important constitutional rights and how to make America a better place to live until next time. Keep living your best life. God bless and Godspeed.